Welcome to the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta's Perspectives on Real Estate podcast series. I'm Brian Bailey with the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Today, we're talking with Ron Johnson, president of Axiometrics. Ron has over 25 years of experience in the development, financing, marketing, and property management of commercial and residential properties. In 1994, he founded Axiometrics to measure the performance of the apartment sector. Axiometrics tracks over 14,000 properties on a monthly basis in over 300 U.S. markets. Taking advantage of Ron's extensive experience and specialized perspective, this podcast will explore the state of multifamily real estate through discussing trends, challenges, and opportunities facing the apartment sector. Ron, thank you for joining me today. Brian, I'm glad to be here. Please give us an overview of the current conditions impacting the multifamily real estate market. Well, the multifamily real estate market is performing at the highest level I've seen in over 15 years that I've been in this business. The primary driver for demand for apartments is job growth. And even though job growth has been anemic and in some markets it's even declining, at the national level we're seeing about a million three jobs being created since at least July 2010 to July 2011. So we're getting a little bit of help from job growth. But the other thing going on is that we're seeing renter household formation at record levels. It's over a million four based on the census's latest numbers. And this is occurring because we see the home ownership rate declining from 69 to 66% today. And there's less interest in owning homes because buyer sentiment is just not there. The renters that would move out to buy homes, they see the home prices declining. They see that they have to have higher down payments, better FICA scores, and so on. And all of this is working to create more renter demand for conventional market rate apartments. Now, demographically, you also know that there's the echo boomer generation. They're starting to enter the prime renting age cohort of 24 to 34 years of age. So that's helping. We know that the job growth in this age cohort is well above the national average. It's maybe around 3%. We also see that there's a low unemployment rate for college graduates. And so all of those things are helping create really strong demand. Now, the other thing that's really significant as well is that there's very little supply. If we look at supply over the past three years, and I'm going to count 2009, 10, and then 2011, year-to-date through July, we were averaging about 140,000 multifamily units permitted. That is almost a record low. If you go to 2009, I think it would be a record low. So historically, we supplied well over, let's say, 400,000 historically in the long-term trend, and most recent, it may be in a 300-some thousand range. But this is a huge difference in supply that basically makes the apartment market really tight. And then at the property level, we're also seeing that turnover rates, in other words, move-outs to home ownership are at historically low levels. Typically, you have 20% of your turnover rate attributable to first-time home buyers. We're seeing that more in the 11% range. So renters are staying put, they're not traveling, and that's resulting in really strong apartment fundamentals. Over the last 15 years, multifamily occupancy rates have averaged approximately 94%. The occupancy for quarter two of 2011 was 94%. In your opinion, Ron, with an occupancy rate that by historical standards might be considered average, should we be concerned with an effective rent growth rate that is higher than normal? No, I really don't, because I think the apartment market would take care of itself. And what I mean by that is that renters will opt to control their housing costs. In other words, 
if you're a renter and you're paying a thousand bucks a month and they increase your rent to eleven hundred dollars, what that renter will do is say, okay, I can't afford this increase, so I'm going to go find another floor plan that is priced about the same. So it means that they may move down the food chain. So they may move from an A property to a B plus, and then someone in a B may move down to a B minus. The other things that can happen with these increases and also would you know result in more stable occupancy rate is that renters will start to double up again. In the decline, we saw renters that were worried about their jobs, find roommates, or their housing costs. Well, that effect can take place again as these rents are escalating at these great rates. So renters will then double up. They can move back home. They might even start renting single-family homes. You know, you get three roommates, you rent a three-bedroom house, and you really lower your, your housing costs. You touched earlier on the single-family rental market and the increases in that. Can you tell us how much impact is the home foreclosure crisis having on demand for apartments? Is the foreclosure crisis, lack of credit issue, artificially inflating demand for multifamily product? I think it's causing the home ownership rate to drop, and renting is benefiting from that because we're sending more renter household formation. It basically just helps the apartment market because it makes home ownership less attractive. Renters are less likely to buy a home when there's foreclosure because they're concerned about prices. Who wants to go buy a home but then see its value go down? But let me just say one other thing, too, is that renter housing has always been a way station to single-family home ownership. You cannot, in my opinion, you know, the typical apartment is not designed for raising a family. So if you want to raise a family, you're probably going to move into a single-family home, and I just don't see that changing. So I think that's why, you know, the home ownership rate will probably, you know, revert to the mean, as they say, maybe around 65%. And we might see the turnover rate in apartments move out to first-time home ownership increase back to its historical level. But, you know, the foreclosure makes buyer sentiment that much more difficult. You touched on this earlier. We've seen an uptick in the number of permits pulled recently on projects. What trends are you seeing on the multifamily supply side right now? Well, as I said earlier, it is at historically low levels. At the U.S., it's maybe 140,000 units on average, and the long-term average is probably in the 340,000 range, so it's very low at this particular point in time. However, because we're having such strong apartment market fundamentals, we're starting to see the permitting activity pick up. And even though it's picking up percentage-wise, it's sort of a statistical recovery, you might call it. In other words, if you go from 1,000 units permitted to 2,000, well, that's a 100% increase. We're seeing that effect going on right now. And there are markets, you know, like Dallas, where from a year ago, July, permitting is up 200%. Seattle is up 150%. Austin's 249%. Miami's 173%. But you can look at Tampa. Tampa's still down 1.3%. Charlotte's down 30%. But, you know, Raleigh's up 100 So it really depends by market. San Jose is an exception. It's already exceeded its peak in terms of permitting. But, again, that market has some really uh, strong apartment market fundamentals. It's, it is the strongest apartment market in the United States right now. Given that the multifamily sector has been the healthiest sector in commercial real estate for some time and that has been able to readily attract investors and financing, do you have concerns that the sector may deteriorate or experience oversupply in the future? Yes, I do. But, you know, this is a cyclical industry. And, again, the strong apartment fundamentals will eventually generate oversupply. I think it's just hard to break old habits. 
it's hard to see, you know, what's going on. You know, the developer will go into market, find a site, and build on it, and he'll look around and say, well, I've got the best site, I have the best product, I've got great financing, I'll capture more of the market share. And you sort of have this idea that just takes hold. And then you have to add the, when you talk about oversupply, it relates really to what is demand versus supply. And I really don't see oversupply hitting until maybe 2015 or 2016. But again, it really depends on what is the job growth at that point in time. We will have, again, close to record levels of deliveries in those years. Will we have the job growth? And we're forecasting something like 2.5% job growth at the national level. And so will that occur? If that doesn't occur, then we would have, obviously, a correction. But looking at our forecast in the 2016, we do see the impact of that excess supply starting to hit. You know, it is going to happen. But, again, the severity of it is going to depend on what the demand for it is. Are we going to get robust job growth? And right now we're benefiting from record rent or household formation. But once the single-family market gets back in swing, then we'll see more production. We'll see home prices going up, and that will feed more single-family production. And right now we're seeing prices of multifamily product escalating, and that's contributed to supply as well. So all those forces are going to come together. We have a great opportunity over the next three to four years in the apartment industry. But you get into those 20, you know, 14, 15, 16 years, there's a lot, let's call it shocks, that could happen also that could change these outcomes. Ron, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciate it. This concludes our podcast with Ron Johnson, president of Axiometrics. For more podcasts on this topic and others, please visit the Atlanta Fed's website at frbatlanta.org. If you have any comments or questions, please email podcast at frbatlanta.org. Thanks for listening.